You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone, you are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Casal, joined today by my friend and colleague, Hillary Bolter, sorry, uh, LCSW and motivational interviewing expert um, extraordinaire, really, all things motivational interviewing. But we're going to talk today not so much about motivational interviewing, which was our original topic a couple of months ago. We're going to talk about being entrepreneurs who have chronic health conditions or health conditions that impact us in terms of how we adapt, evolve, and change in terms of how we run our businesses and the emotional toll that it can take and the physical toll as well. So we're going to be really real today about our recent throat surgeries that we've both had and our recovery processes. So Hillary, I appreciate you being on and just being willing to be really vulnerable about your experiences that you've had and, and how it's impacted you going forward. And um, I just appreciate the willingness to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the things that you and I have connected over as entrepreneurs, business owners, and folks struggling with the various health things that crop up and having to do surgeries. And it's it's vulnerable. It's a vulnerable place to be. Yeah, I think that's an understatement. You know, we were talking before we started recording about our own recovery journeys and the complications that come with them. And I think it's even more, cha- I mean, it's challenging in general. Like no matter what, if you have surgery, your body is recovering. There's a trauma process. There's going to be a process where you have to heal and it takes a toll. But when you're a business owner and the business depends on you being available and present and capable, it is an extra layer of complication. So for those of you out there with chronic health conditions or health conditions that you're going through that are impacting your ability to show up the way you want to show up, it's really fucking hard. <laughs> it is really hard. And I actually was thinking, like, I started, I left agency work six, seven years ago in top health. <laughs> And younger than I am now, right? It was earlier. And without really thinking about this kind of grown-up real-world part of health insurance and when you're sick and not working, you're not getting paid, all those pieces. And I had a health crisis about five years ago that brought me into this first wave of vulnerability around, wow, how do I keep working and maintaining my business while also taking care of myself? Um, And then I had this second wave with a thyroid cancer diagnosis in the spring and subsequent surgery and treatment that kind of brought it around a second fold. Um, So there's, there's so much I think we can say about this process. I appreciate you naming the vulnerability and naming the trauma that we're going through around our own processes while we're also trying to hold space and employ other people and keep things running. 
it's quite the juggling act. And, you know, for myself, I, you know, I, I can't say my, my, dis, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disorder. Disorder, condition, whatever I want to call it is as significant as, as having cancer, because I think having cancer, you know, you hear that word and you're like, oh, fuck, like, this is scary. <laughs> and, you know, I got diagnosed with a very rare throat condition that impacts 0.001% of the population and people over 65. So I'm one of the lucky 35-year-olds who got diagnosed with that. There's no answers. There's no understanding as to why. There's no long-term projections in terms of quality of life. So it's very challenging. I had this buildup, like I had an original throat surgery last April and that was endoscopic and that was a big process. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm through the thick of it for now, because again, it's chronic. It'll Done. come back. It's just right. the reality. And within three months, it came back like even more significantly. And I had to then be facing the choice of, do you try endoscopic surgery again, knowing that it wasn't successful? Or do you go with the open surgery route, which is significantly more impactful and invasive? And the complication risk is quite high. And I kept putting it off, as most people would in a lot of ways. And I was like, when do I have two months of my life to recover from this? And <laughs> right, exactly. I run multiple businesses. My business is my voice. And I was having a lot of grief and anticipatory grief of like your voice being impacted and what it meant to feel like that could be impacted and also lost and the risk mm. factor, your vocal cords being impacted and your voice shifting and changing and all of the stuff that comes with it. And of course, that is what happened. Like I, I told you before we started recording, one of my vocal cords got damaged. So like it's not working anymore. I'm going to have to have vocal cord surgery now. And your capacity and your abilities are significantly diminished and you have to adapt and evolve and figure out like, what does this next chapter of my career look like knowing that my capacity is no longer what it was? And it's really, really hard to come to terms with. And I think there can be a lot of emotion in that, like anger, grief, sadness, frustration, like Sometimes acceptance, like, yes, I don't know if I've got this yet. Sounds so rich. I'm trying. You know, it's, it's, it's just really, really hard. That acceptance is a real bitch. When, when, I, um, when I got sick five, five or so years ago um, with some autoimmune stuff, um, I was turned on to this podcast uh, called This Is Not What I Ordered. I love the title. It's, a, it's another therapist um, who shares about her... Um, chronic disease and that metaphor of like, this is not what I ordered. You know, you get some at a restaurant and they bring it to you. You're like, nope, but you'd like to send it back. I would like to reject this happening to me right now. There's so many reasons I would like to reject it. Um, and I like, that's not what I ordered. And, and since it's what's happening, well, damn, we've got to do all the things that we're coaching our clients to do with our own grief about it. And fear and living with the unknown and trying to find the right timing because there's never the right timing and coming up with the resource. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. And that takes up so much mental and emotional space. And our business takes up so much mental and emotional space. And for me, almost always my business is a tremendous resource. I love it. 
It brings me joy. It brings me energy. It has my creativity going. It's like tremendous resource for me. During this cancer journey, my brain just wasn't all there. As much as I tried to show up and keep working, it was just like a part of me had left the room and it was so much more effort to keep working through that all. I'll, I'll just say, I mean, just this last month, I feel like I'm back. And I thought I was going to be back like months ago, but I was like, surgery's done. I should be better. We're, We're done. Sort <laughs> frame of reference. Um, my, yeah, let's see. My surgery was at the very end of September. So we're looking at October, November, December, January, right? So about four and a half yeah. at this point in time. And just now feeling like you're kind of coming back into a place where you feel, I don't want to say good. I don't know, maybe like <laughs> and just able to move through the day without a lot of extra exhaustion. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Like the buildup for people who are struggling with situations like this, you know, um, you're doing research on where you should get care. If you have the privilege and ability to do so, I, I, I fully recognize that I do have good health insurance, which was quite helpful, but like you're second guessing your decisions too. I almost canceled my surgery the night before we were in Georgia. Mm. Like, I'm just going to cancel this. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to deal with the recovery process. And I just knew that it was going to get worse and it was going to get worse and it was, it was the right time to do it. And I had to really displace a lot of my life. Like I had to, it was really weird to have this surgery the way that I had it because there was this buildup to October 27th of like your life stops as of today in this way, because everything has to be done and wrapped up and taught and, and completed by this date. And it was really strange to have that countdown. And in August, it was like, yeah, that's in like 60 to 90 days. <laughs> and then like September, it was like, okay, it's like 40 days. And then you're there. And there's just a tremendous amount of overwhelming anxiety and pressure. Even as mental health professionals, we know all the skill sets. Like, But that doesn't make a difference because <laughs> the reality of the situation is like the unknown is fucking scary, right? Like, Oh, so. Yeah, I'm having this fear process and I, you know, I don't want to get too morbid with this, but like this fear of like, what happens if you go under anesthesia and you just never wake up, you know, like totally. that crossed my mind so many times. And you're, you're having these conversations with people of like, not goodbyes, but just having really emotionally charged conversations. And my wife was like, you're not dying. I know, I know. but this is like major <laughs> surgery and I'm sure because even a throat open and like, it's just scary. And it was, it's just been a process. So vulnerable. Yeah. Part of you is thinking I could die. And were you living with so many realities and not knowing what it's going to be until it happens? I, I, I thought the surgery recovery was going to be the worst. You know, I was told, oh, it's about a four week recovery. Um, and two weeks, two and a half weeks after the surgery, I flew to Chicago, attended a conference. I was on the elliptical there and the like, conference room I was like this is amazing and then I got back home and it was like my body caught up with oh you no longer have a thyroid it kind of took about six weeks for the shit to hit like I think maybe I had enough thyroid hormones in my body so I didn't anticipate that it actually was like November December 
that I was going to feel worse um, than I than I ever had. And what a what absolute like mindfuck that is to feel like totally. oh my god, I feel I, I feel it. fine, and then for it to hit you in that overwhelming like wave of paralyzing despair and hopelessness and depression and and suffering to then feel like now what like how i thought i was okay i didn't have that experience like my recovery has been challenging the whole time where yeah i was on the couch or in my bed and for those of you who know me i don't sit still well so like i couldn't do anything i couldn't eat anything it was liquid 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 which is just miserable when you wake up and it's like you can have jello or bone broth for breakfast <laughs> You can also have Jello or bone broth for lunch and dinner and snacks. And like, if I never want a hamburger, I don't care. I did try to blend a Big Mac at one point in time, and Boom. it was not processed. However, I want to say you can make anything liquid if you really can get the gumption <laughs> to try to get it into your body. Um, <laughs> There's the creativity. You're like, how am I going to be creative? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing that I struggled with, and I'm still struggling with. I'm someone who doesn't like to have restriction on my ability to create and and feel like when I'm creating, like you said, when you're in your business, I feel really good. Like that flow state, that creativity process, connecting with other people. I feel great about that. And I couldn't. And I kept trying to force it during this recovery where I was like, my mind is saying, yes, you're, you had major surgery. This is your body's job right now. It's just to rest and heal and watch Lord of the Rings 300 times. And like, it's fine. But like the other part, the irrational side of my brain is saying, but you're being lazy. You're not using this time effectively. Look at all this time you're spending laying on the couch or on your bed. You could be doing X, Y, and Z or figuring out X, Y, and Z. And I was like, this is fucking crazy because mm. I know I don't have the capacity and I should not be doing these things. But it was yeah. so hard to kind of work through that. And that, that, that just feeling of like despondent of being like, I'm being useless. And in reality, it's hmm. like this is exactly what you need to be doing. Right. You, you need that rest. You also, your brain wants that excitement and nourishment from the flow and the joy that you get from your work. And it's cut off from you for now, like in, in those periods. And yeah, I, you, you said the word despondency. And I was like, I definitely, definitely felt a lot of despondency um, in missing that. And a fear that would I ever get it back? Would I ever have my brain back and be able to find that trainer flow that used to come so easily? And thank goodness, I actually was just training before you and I talked. And I said to the group, I was like, I feel so good being back in the saddle. It, I am so, I mean, it's like these little things. I run, I run these classes for forever and it's like, I'm just a new person again. And then like a new delightful trainer, like, oh my God, I love this. I'm like discovering it all again. And it, it's bringing me a lot of joy. And I was terrified that I wouldn't have that. And I was stuck in so many ruts around, like frustrated with myself for not being able to do the things that I, like before my surgery. So I had cancer diagnosis in April, late April. And for those of you that don't know, thyroid cancer is a very slow growing cancer for the most part. And so it's, I had the privilege of taking some time to explore, research, interview surgeons, or the whole thing. 
And and I took some, I took time to do that. And and more things unfolded. I learned later that I metastasized, the bigger surgery, blah, blah, blah. Um, but all during that period, I couldn't really focus like I was used to focusing. But my brain was saying, you should be able to. You're not having surgery yet. That's not until the end of September. You got time. You should focus. Put your videos out. Work on your... And I would sit down and I'd tell my admin, like, I will do this today or I'll do this this week. And time and time again, I would say, I'm sorry, I didn't get to it. I, I couldn't get to it. And all these things stacked up and I kept kicking them down the road. And I, it was so hard as being hard on myself. And also, right, that other thing of saying like, yeah, actually rest is exactly what I should be doing. Or of course, I'm having a hard time focusing. But it's the inner turmoil that eats up energy you know, expectations and desires versus ability inside. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a very, you know, I had very similar experiences where um, I kept thinking, what if I never get this creativity back? What if I can never do something like never get this spark again? And going into the, you go into like this depressive state after surgery. I think it's all the trauma, <laughs> all the worry, all the anxiety, the recovery, everything is hitting you, your low energy. You go into this depression and it's like, there's darkness everywhere. It's just, I don't think I can be creative. I don't think I'll ever be able to do the thing ever again. And for someone like myself this year, 2022 is my best business year ever. I hosted retreats. I spoke at conferences. I have launched a podcast. I'm like, what if I can't do any of this ever again? What do I do? Because I'm not employable. I can't go work at a nine to five. That's not a reality for me. So if you can't do these things, who are you? There's a lot of identity and, and existential crisis wrapped up into this. And I would get these sparks of energy and then I would overdo it because I'm like, oh my God, I feel good. And then I would do something and then I would pay for it for days. And, you know, I just hosted a retreat in New Orleans last week, uh, January 3rd, whenever that was, two weeks ago. And it was such a struggle. Build, I, I co-hosted it, which was very helpful with my good friend, Jennifer Agee. And she's extroverted. And I kept telling her in the buildup, I was like, what if I lose my voice? What if I don't, what if I can't show up the way I want to show up? What if like, I don't pull my weight here in terms of like how we do this. And she just kept reassuring me. She's like, I can talk for both of us. It's fine. And that was very comforting. But being in the retreat environment, trying to speak to 20 people who spend a lot of money to come and participate and be involved and lose my voice halfway through or have to have other people speak for me when I would say, Hey, can, can you tell the room to quiet down so I can speak or like, Hey, can you get everyone's attention? And then I could speak and my energy levels were so low, like, and so impacted. And I was just like, Holy shit. I did not expect to be in this position three months afterwards. And you know, I'm still coming back from that. It's going to take time. I just hosted a two day course yesterday for a therapist to start uh, creating really authentic, captivating content and being more authentic and giving themselves permission to be themselves. And I was like sucking wind trying to just talk. And I'm like, oh my God, this is really, this is hard. But I'll name that in those groups. Like, I'll just say like, hey, this is my capacity. I'll be very honest about what I can and cannot do right now about the experience so that I, that's just kind of always been my, my brand. And I think it's helpful, but it's so hard. It's so hard to think about like, capacity and how long does that last and is this just the new normal and chapter of your life and your career it's so much to adapt to i had such an image while you were talking of like the effort of swimming upstream um that 
being at that conference and the voice and all it's just like oh can I lift my arm up for one more stroke when you just need to like turn around and float for a bit it's so so taxing um there's so many adaptations I know you and I were chatting about this uh, a little earlier um because things are different there's the way things were and then there's the way things are now which how long will that last and will another voice surgery help or not or how much will it help and how long there's so much unknown how do you plan how do you cope with the now and how do you plan for the future I wonder what you know we were talking a bit about what adaptations because we have to get creative what adaptations do we have to do that might become the, the new normal yeah I think for me I can no longer overdo it I can't overload myself I schedule two things a day now. If I'm going to do a coaching session and a podcast, um, a two podcasts, like normally I could do four, five, six of these in a day, and, and I just cannot do that. So that's had to change. I've had to really rely on admin support and, and just colleague support for things of saying like, can you handle this and outsourcing or just being okay with delegating more? Um, I've also just had to really make sure that I'm paying attention to my energy levels and, and just really being creative in terms of how can I do the things I need to do without always having to be front and center. And I think for anyone who is creating a business and whether it's a therapy practice or a coaching business or consulting business, as an influencer, you are front and center. You are your brand. You are your business. So it really is interesting how you have to adapt because I used to be able to like pump out content and make video after video and, and for social media purposes. And now I just tell my VA, I'm like, listen, I'll make a couple when I can. And like, I don't know when the next time that will be. And I think it's just, there is an acceptance process of this is just going to have to be what this looks like for a while and, and trying to figure out ways to be okay with that. And doing a lot of my own therapy around that, that's for sure. Um, Absolutely. That is for sure. I'm with you there. Um, continuing to adjust expectations. And I mean, I've built into my schedule an after lunch nap. Like it just has to be a part of my day. And when I don't build it in, I'm, I'm fried. I can't show up for my kids or my family at home. It's like, yeah, it, I'm toast. And and that's it's humbling. I actually was just saying out loud this morning, I was sitting in my kitchen and I was like, dang it, I'm doing it again. I'm scheduling over where I blocked rest time. It's so habitual because I see spots in the calendar and I'm like, get it in there, make it happen. I don't have the capacity to turn stuff out in the way I used to. I'll tell you, I I just, um, so I, I train in motivational interviews and I have trainers that work with me and also train and I had an agency reach out for a training. We're dialoguing. And I was trying to decide, am I going to take this job or am I going to give it to my lead trainer? Um, and it was, it's a two-day training for a recovery program um, in Western Tennessee. Um, and I quickly calculated. I'm like, okay, driving, three nights in a hotel, two full days of training, facilitating in person. And I'm having voice issues too. I'm, I'm doing voice therapy through, through Duke. And because I didn't have vocal cord damage, but my voice has been impacted and my ability to speak loudly and for long periods of time has still not fully recovered. I have a lot of hope that it will. I've been told that it will, <laughs> but I'm having to do the tedium of voice, voice activities, et cetera. But I, 
I, I am, I was like, I can't do this job. I actually can't do this job yet. Maybe I will again someday be facilitating multi-day in-person trainings. I hope so. I love those. Um, but I have to, I have to respect that limitation. What I can do right now is work the trainings in my online and my academy that are two and three hours long once a week. That's what my energy can do. That's where I can show up and find my flow and joy and not overtax myself. So that's been an adaptation that I started like five, six years, five years ago. I was like, I, these, these multi-day trainings are wearing me out. What else, how else can I deliver or keep doing what I love in a different way? Absolutely. And I think that's a great, that's a great reframe and point in terms of how we have to adapt and evolve when you're struggling with any sort of health condition and mental health conditions in a lot of ways of like, I have to reevaluate and be really honest with myself because I can push myself. I, and I did that in New Orleans. That was, it was too much. I had to be very honest with my co-host while we were there. I was like, I'm struggling. Like this is Mm -hmm. a lot harder than I expected it to be. I, because my energy is so low, my distress tolerance is lower. I'm getting yeah. more frustrated in situations where people can't hear me or I, you know, whatever the case may be, or I'm multitasking and it's becoming too overwhelming. And I am very thankful that, you know, she was very accepting of that and, and very communicative around things. And we, we had some other support as well, which helped. And, you know, I, I told the coaches who are coming to my Ireland retreat in March, you know, we have three different coaches in addition to myself. And I said, listen, if New Orleans is any example of how this is going to go, and this and Ireland is my show, like I'm not co-hosting this. I am worried that I am not going to be able to put on it the event that I want to have. And all three of them in like unison were like, that's why we're fucking coming. Like you're paying us to be there. Let us do the heavy lifting. And that is so hard, but also so humbling. And also there's a lot of gratitude in that of like, there's a lot of gratitude in having that support to say like, okay, yeah, I'm probably going to have to take you up on this offer and recognize that the three of you may have to be more front and center than myself. And what I'm going to do in that event is just be very honest with people from the get-go when we do our like check-ins and introductions and welcome party of like, this is where I'm at. And I may have to step away to take a break I may go quiet or silent or like I may text and show you what I'm trying to say because you can't hear me. And I'm just Mm going to have to be really honest about that. And I think there is some, there's some beauty in terms of like being like, this is the process. And I'm, I'm just kind of going along for that ride right now. Yeah. This is who I am and where I'm at being really authentic and, and, and that being enough. Yeah. Absolutely. And just showing you can still show up. You know, that's the thing is like you can still show up if you're really honest and transparent with your audience about your limitations. That was hard for me because I don't think I can really be a therapist right now, given my capacity. And I only had a couple of clients left on my caseload prior to surgery anyway. After surgery, I had to let them all know, I don't think I can do this right now. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do this again in this capacity. It was very hard to have that conversation, but it was the right thing to do for their care and for my own care. And I think that's what a lot of this is about. As you all who are listening, maybe experiencing something similar is just 
figuring out what your capacity is and not overdoing it, not pushing yourself because you do pay the price. I mean, there is a price to pay if you continue to push and push and try to do more, even though things have changed. And that doesn't make it any less hard to come to that reality and realization. It, 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 I get frustrated very often, but it's getting easier and I have more optimism than I have had. And I just realized like, that's what your support systems are for. So, so much opportunity for humility and coming to terms with what is instead of what you wish were. And then modeling authenticity and, and reality. Like when you say that to your clients, you're also giving them permission to be who they are and where they're at and speak it out loud. And, and that's, that's beautiful. Well, Hillary, I appreciate all of your vulnerability today and your willingness to share about your experience. And I hope for those of you listening, whether you're dealing with something chronic or something acute, you just give yourself some self-compassion and some grace and know that you're not alone in that. And it is hard. Don't want to sugarcoat that. I don't want to minimize that, but there's a lot of support out there too. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your story today and coming on and being vulnerable. Absolutely. And I think sharing the story is such a piece. I mean, I was, I've been pretty public on social media about this cancer journey. And if I hadn't been, I wouldn't have received the support that I received. And people have said, oh, you're so vulnerable. You shared, you know, it was great to hear what's going on with you. And I'm thinking, I just don't know another way. If I'd held this all in, I'm just, it would have been a million times harder. I, you know, I think it's such a shift of identity <laughs> and um, such an opportunity to feel support. My personality is sort of like, I got it. I can do it. I'm, I can do the martyr. I can push through. And um, when I can't, like what an invitation to learn that I don't have to hold it all and you don't have to hold it all. And there's other coaches, staff and people. This can look different and it can be okay. So I've been saying, but it can also be okay. It could even be great. It could even be great. I don't disagree. And I think that, you know, this is just a lot of good advice. And I think being real about it, being authentic about it, sharing your story, sharing your journey, it not only is cathartic for you, but it can be very helpful for people who are experiencing something similar, who may not be able to put it out into the world. Um, so I do just want to encourage that for those of you who are struggling. Um, and also, Hillary, just tell the audience where they can find more of what you do have coming up, because I know you have some offerings as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm offering a free one hour monthly webinar right now. It's last Thursday of the month. So you're welcome to check out my website. It's micenterforchange.com. Um, we provide, I mean, our, our goal here is to provide engaging and high quality training and motivational interviewing. We provide continuing education. We run these live virtual training series. And soon I'm going to be launching a certificate program in motivational interviewing. It's going to be really exciting for people who want to geek out in motivational interviewing with me. <laughs> well, congrats on that. And all of that information will be in the show notes for those of you who are interested in learning more about what Hillary has to offer. I appreciate everyone listening today to another very real, authentic, vulnerable podcast episode. New episodes out every single Sunday morning on all major platforms. You can like, download, subscribe, and share. It's a great way for us to continue to grow the audience. Doubt yourself. Do it anyway. We'll see you next week. Thanks. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.